Welcome back to the Women in Engineering podcast. This is Stephanie Alexandrick, your host. Today, I am joined by Asha Perak. Asha was our recent keynote speaker for the Women in Engineering brunch, and it is an honor to speak with her today. On the agenda, we will be discussing a bit about how to address difficult discussions at work or at school, and how you should stand up for yourself in those kind of situations. Hi, Asha, how are you doing today? I'm very good, thanks, Stephanie, how are you? I'm doing great. Okay, um, let's go to the first question. Would you be able to give a brief introduction of yourself and your background and how that has led to where you are today? Yes, uh, thank you, Stephanie. And I just want to start by saying thank you for, for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, as you mentioned, my name is Asha Parekh. Uh, I am by trade a PhD biomedical engineer now, um, but to take you a bit through um, my background, um, for people that can't see me or haven't seen me, uh, I am a, a woman and of ethnic background uh, from India. And so uh, I think I'm allowed to call myself a minority. I don't know if that's, uh, you know, acceptable nowadays anymore, but <laughs> um, and, you know, I, I did engineering uh, throughout university and then went on to do a couple of postdoc fellowships and then um, started co-invented a medical device and co-founded a medical device company. And so now I am CEO of that startup medical device company, Frontline Medical Technologies. Um, that's, that's basically where I am today. I think a lot of things led me here, including how I was brought up, you know, different things that we encounter in life, all of our experiences that, you know, um, lead you to make certain decisions. Um, reflect on what you want to do in life and why. I think that's really important as well. And I couldn't be happier with uh, with what I'm doing right now. So I wouldn't change anything, but I'd be happy to answer any specific questions you have. But that's that's basically, that's where I am right now. What discipline did you do within your undergrad? Uh, yeah, so I did my undergrad in uh, biochemical and environmental engineering. Biomedical engineering was not an undergraduate option at that time. So I'm very happy to see that it is now, but I did not have that. And then in grad school, I went over to biomedical engineering. On to the next question. Within your experience in school and now that you are working, what sort of conflict or difficult situations have you been put in? Yeah, it's a great question. I will say overall, most of the situations I've been put in that I consider difficult or anything with conflict are ones where I have felt people uh, would expect me not to speak up or want me not to speak up or, you know, just kind of go along with the situation, you know, whether that includes a gender-based you know, um, issue or sometimes, for example, like hierarchical, like, you know, uh, in terms of where somebody lies within an organization. And, and the other big thing that unfortunately still happens today, just happened to me recently, is basically being ignored in meetings, like as if you're just not there. It's crazy to me that that still happens. And it's not like for, I'll, I'll use that as an example, because I think it's a good one and something fresh in my mind because it just happened, but it's not like the person knew me. So it's not like they're forming a decision based on them knowing my capabilities or anything. First interaction, they're basically 
carrying on as if I'm not there. Like that whole, you don't have a seat at the table really, you know? And so then you do ask yourself, is it because I'm a woman? Is it because of this? Is it because of that? You know, so those types of situations, um, I do find difficult and I do find it hard to swallow. I mean, I know we've come a long way. Don't get me wrong. I think we're, I've mostly had very positive experiences that does like, that's a one in, I don't even know, like a million thing, like that has happened to me. I would say most of my experiences are very positive, but it just shows that there's still some work for us to be done, like from multiple levels, you know, uh, like whether it's from like gender diversity, all of these things that we talk about nowadays and are at the forefront of conversations. Um, there's still ways for us to go. Yeah. It's pretty mind boggling to make like assessments on people's capabilities when you don't know anything about them. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Like you never, like it's quite literally judging a book by its cover without knowing anything else about that person and you could be missing out on so so many like like so much valuable information that a person can provide exactly yeah I I agree it 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 is mind-boggling it it shocks me when I see it or like for that that example I just gave but uh, a reminder to our listeners that uh, you should not judge people by their covers <laughs> and hear what they have to say and what insight that they can bring into your group work or whatever it may be. Great point. Yeah. So you mentioned at the Women in Engineering brunch this year that when you were in school, you did have some conflict with some of your fellow colleagues. Did you want to elaborate on that and then explain how you were able to navigate through the conflict? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Just for a bit of context for people that weren't there, I was a PhD candidate. There was a postdoc working in our lab and he had helped me with one of my studies. So, you know, in research studies, I'm sure you're familiar with, um, you know, there's something about first authorship on a paper that is very important to people. And normally the person whose project it is, is the first author on the paper. So he had helped me with one part of my study and then he came to me and actually went to my supervisor and said he wanted to be first author on my paper so the conflict was that is that he wanted to be first author and I did not want him to be first author of course Mm -hmm. um that was the conflict itself how I handled it I mean honestly immediately I was shocked I was like no that's not happening but you know, in terms of how I actually handled it, um, you know, I, I, I dug into it further. I didn't want to just like battle it out or fight or something. I said, let's get to the core of why, why we're in this situation, because I need to understand why he even thought it would make sense, you know, to me, like, it just didn't make sense. If, if he had done work that amounted to or should like be credited to him as first author and you know if I if that was justifiable like okay fine but let's have that conversation right so I probed and he he flat out explained that it it was not because he thought he deserved it for my study yeah it's crazy but he felt that he had been robbed of other opportunities while working in our lab with other people where he didn't get the credit he did deserve. He was a postdoc, his time was coming to an end. He felt pressure essentially, right? Because people that are 
normally doing academic postdocs are looking to stay in academia. They have to prove themselves. He's looking for his next opportunity. So he's looking to add things to his CV. Again, it was, okay, I understand, and that that pressure built, but that still doesn't, I mean, at the end of the day, it allowed me to understand where he was coming from. Uh, it didn't necessarily want make me want to give him what he wanted for this situation. I did feel bad for him, but, you know... Um, that that I said, let's have the open conversation, basically. And that allowed us the opportunity to understand our different positions. Um, and, you know, I mean, he was just feeling the pressure. And let's be real, human nature gets the best of us when we're under pressure, right? So um, I, I just decided to have the open conversation and explain why I didn't feel it was reasonable um, in this situation to have him as first author. Yeah. And you saying no in itself is just feedback to him that that's not something that's okay. And it's unfortunate that he had been treated like that in other situations, but that doesn't mean that he gets to do that to other people. Yeah, that's right. And, 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 you know, it's like, it's, I'm, it's extreme, obviously, but it's like, you're almost trying to bully someone into giving you what you want, right? It's like, it's not fair that, again, or pressure, like, someone else you're taking advantage of someone else something may have happened to you to get you there but that has nothing to do with the situation at hand right and you know um people do that for different reasons his was pressure and his circumstantial you know uh place that he was in but again it's that well uh, would he have done that it to a male student I don't know maybe if he you start questioning, is it because I'm not assertive enough? Is it because I'm female? Is it because, I don't know, a multitude of a multitude of things. Um, but essentially, like you said, how you handle it is important. I think going, sometimes those conversations are even more difficult for people to have. You know, some people will just say no and avoid the difficult conversation. It's a little bit uncomfortable to be sitting in front of somebody and say all of these things, but um, I think it's important. Yeah, it definitely is more difficult to say to someone face to face that you don't agree with them and you're calling them out on what they're doing. But at the end of the day, like it, it, it is the most effective at finding a resolution. Yeah. Yes, that's right. I mean, what if we had the conversation and he had very justifiable points as to why he should be first author like that? it didn't happen, but it very well could have been an outcome that, hey, actually, like, I need to rethink why, you know, all of these things are the way they are. And I need to consider things that I hadn't. So yeah, you just, yeah. yeah, you need to, you need to talk to each other. <laughs> yeah. So maybe not, per or well, even for this situation, but in general, um, if you're looking for advice on how to go about dealing with a situation, who do you usually go to? if you go to anyone. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely do. I think I, I definitely, uh, you know, take some time to think to myself usually, you know, and, and why I'm feeling the way I do. But it, it's very dependent on what it's related to. So for example, if it's frontline related, like to my company, then usually my first go to is my co founder, uh, Dr. Adam Power, and you know, or somebody on the frontline team, depending on what it what it is. And like I say, after I've had some time to reflect, I say, you know, what do you guys think about this? Or, you know, just again, trying to be open and get a different perspective because not everybody thinks the same 
way uh, as we do. And, you know, it is the, actually that I think is one of the strengths of the partnership between my co-founder and I is that we don't agree on everything and, and not in a bad way, meaning like we actually have very different perspectives a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting. And, you know, we've been working together for so many years and it still fascinates me because, you know, we look at things from a different lens and it just opens up so many things like you were saying about uh, different perspectives. So definitely for work-related stuff, that's usually my go-to. Actually, even life stuff, like Adam, I'm sure it's understandable. He's become like a best friend in my life because, you know, this is a pretty major undertaking. So I also, you know, go to him for that. And I, I mean, honestly, like my sister, cousins, close friends, I have a really tight knit group of people that I can go to for things like that. The one thing I will say is I also think for certain things, maybe not personal life things, but um, maybe I do think it's interesting and important a lot of the time to have a little bit more of an objective view if there's something, you know, like you're looking at. So, I mean, mentors are so great to have. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons I I say, you know, have good mentors in your life is because they can be very useful at a time like this because they bring objectivity that like, for example, Adam and I would not have in a, you know, for a work thing, we're both so in like enthralled in everything we do. We can't be a, as objective as like an external person. So that's another place where I go, depending on the situation is like a mentor or someone I feel comfortable confiding in, but is maybe not that close to the situation. Yeah. A bit outside of the situation, but still has like the, the, at least for uh, engineering related stuff, the technical background. That's right. That's right. That I think that makes sense. Sometimes, especially when you get so into a problem or whatever it may be, like you need to have that outside perspective to really see what it truly looks like. When you're in it, you're in the mud, you don't see you don't see yourself in it. It's so hard. Yes, exactly. Yeah. All right. So the next question is, what advice would you give to young female engineers that are working in groups with diverse backgrounds? Yes, I I love this question. And, you know, I, it goes to some of the things we've already spoken about. And it's like, listen, let them speak and listen. You know, I think encourage, encourage them to give their views. We, and let them know that their perspectives are valued. I heard the other day someone say, and this was about women. And I know this, like, whether it's about women or like diverse backgrounds, whatever the diverse, wherever the diversity comes from, um, this person was saying it in regards to women, they said, they talk about women having a voice at the table. It's like, women have voices. Racialized people have voices. They just need to feel empowered enough to use it, right? It's like, we all have a voice. We just need to feel that we can use it. Sometimes you feel silenced. So, you know, I think like we talked about, everyone's experiences, life experiences are different. We bring different things to the table and that's part of why like this whole EDI push is so important because it really opens our minds and to to different perspectives that we may not think about. So I think that part of people feeling that they can use their voice is the environment that they're in. And so it's not just on them. It's for like the people around them, like you were saying, like how 
how can we give, um, you know, these people uh, a voice or help or like even for these young female uh, engineers that are working with people with diverse backgrounds, it's like try to be supportive, encourage, um, you know, that type of thing. And so that uh, we provide an environment because that is it's not just one sided. Right. It's like we got to pull and push and pull from both sides. And lastly, I just want to say to you, you know, there I think there's, it's like sometimes a little bit of a double-edged sword because people try to be mindful of like diversity. And then sometimes it's like, you go so far that it's special treatment that then they feel weirded out by the special treatment. So I think there's, uh, and I know it's tough, it's not easy, but being mindful about it. But, you know, basically that's where the equality comes in. It's like, we give them, we encourage them everyone give them that you know uh opportunity to speak and and treat them as equals i guess to wrap up in order for just the group or whatever you're working in to be successful you yourself have to listen as well not just be like wanting to be heard that's right exactly and that's the whole like from both sides right like we and that's how we gain like a, a broader perspective with all of everyone's point of view this is the last specific question. What does standing up for yourself look like as an engineer? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I find right now, like when I reflect on that, unfortunately for the engineering side of things, I still find that when I'm standing up for myself, it's there's still a little bit of proving yourself. Uh, you know, there's still that uh, feeling of, I, I won't necessarily get taken seriously until I demonstrate that I have that, which is fair in some regards, um, you know, but sometimes it's like, well, you know, I, I didn't get here. Like you assume that people know what it takes to get where you are. And, and sometimes that's just not the case. So I also feel like sometimes you need to educate for lack of a better word to people like education is part of standing up for yourself, like letting people know um, those those types of things. Um, and similar to what we spoke about is giving yourself, if you're in a situation where, you know, you're not being heard or you're feeling silenced, there is a part where you have to stand up and, and I don't want to say force, but, you know, try to, you might have to try to make yourself be heard. You know, it's, it's not, it's like, you're being silenced. It's almost like, don't let them silence you. That's standing up for yourself. You know, they can try, but don't let them silence you. You know, you need to also stand up for yourself in that sense and give yourself a voice at the table if you have to, if you can. If you have a valid opinion and you have the technical background to back that up and you generally, like genuinely believe that you have a solution that is valid, then you should be saying it at the end of the day that that just improves design, improves engineering work. So yeah, I guess sometimes you do just have to show, I do know what I'm talking about. And I think this is a good idea. I agree. I think one one thing you did talk about, it might, it, it will veer off a bit from the topic of this question. But I find with, um, especially like, um, all of the students that are going into co-ops or internships that there is that level of proving yourself. Now, I don't mm-hmm. know what 
that looks like in comparison to necessarily my male peers. But I've definitely felt that there needs to be the level of proof. But I think that's also kind of necessary to show that your like mentor engineers or whatever senior engineers you're working under that you are capable of learning and that kind of thing. That's right. That's right. And, you know, uh, yeah, you're right. It makes sense in certain contexts and it makes sense, you know, um, in that, in that progression. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. It is, it's important to recognize. Yeah. But later down the road, when you have proven yourself, then you should have a voice at the table because you are, you should be, or you are there as everyone else is there for this reason. Exactly. And, and also like, I mean, early on, even, I think it's still important for, like you said, the exactly how you described it. It's important for that senior people or whoever to also be open enough to hear the new voices. Like that's part of the diversity you have, you know, age, gaps you have difference in experience but again those like the newer people sometimes have perspectives you'll never think about because you've just been in it for so long yeah yeah like we're education is always being updated so the kind of stuff that we're learning at school is more up to date than it was 30 years ago (laughs) that's right exactly Yeah. yeah the last question is just very broad is there anything else that you would like to add that you thought would be helpful for the podcast? You know, I think that for anyone, but specifically, you know, for people that may be listening to this, I think, you know, we're, I think we need to continue to encourage, I would encourage you all to critically think yourselves, think about yourselves and others um, as we, I mean, we're all, like you just said, literally my thoughts were, we're, we're all on a journey of life that is, we're constantly growing and learning still. It doesn't stop once you're out of school. It doesn't stop at a certain point, you know, uh, life experiences help us grow. And so, you know, I think we should just try to be understanding of that and aware of others and ourselves. And I think that in general, obviously this is like my like rose goggled, let's make the world a better place. But it's like, I do think that's, that is what makes for more mindful contributions to the world. You know, we, we treat people with respect. We uh, value their, everyone's contributions on different levels. And you know, what, what more can we ask for? I want to say thank you to Asha for coming in today. Thank you, Stephanie. I just want to say uh, thank you again for having me. Uh, It's been a pleasure speaking with you today. And I look forward to keeping in touch. And please feel free to share my contact information with the listeners. I hope everyone learned something today and is ready to turn on their listening ears and also use their mouths to speak their truth. And that you all can begin to use the techniques that Asha has mentioned today within your group projects, when you're in the lab, or when you're working in industry. Until next time, Wester.